McQuano Coffee Roasters, McQuanoCoffee.com, coming to you live, and by that we mean recorded in advance, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible Belt, it's the Gut Check Press Podcast, with your hosts, Ted Clark and Zachary Bartles. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friend, my partner in radio, Zachary Bartles. Dealing with a little adversity this morning, baby. We're uh, I'm at my academic office, which doesn't feel the same as recording in my home studio. You know, it's just it just throws me off a little bit. And you're at the church without internet, so uh, we're doing this over the phone. We're overcoming some things, and uh, we're going to talk about a movie. And Wait a minute, you're usually at home? I thought you were usually in your office when we did this. I've always been imagining you in your office. Honestly, Friday morning, Fridays I don't have a class until noon, and usually every other day I have um, like meetings in the morning, but I don't have any meetings typically on Friday morning, but I do have one today, so I came in, I came into my academic office early, and uh, so we're, yeah, we're doing this technically on the road. Um, I guess it makes sense then that uh, sometimes your wife is like, hi, it's me, Kristen. Yeah, I don't bring her to work typically. I don't bring her on to to campus too much, but I'm not opposed to that. You know, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But uh, Bring your wife to work day. It sounds like something the SBC might do. I don't know. Yeah, I know it does. Yeah, bring your wife to work day. (laughs) That would actually be fun. And actually, my wife, I don't know if you remember this. You probably do. She used to work on campus here. Um, yeah, she used to like be a, a pastry chef slash yeah. uh, run like a cafe there or something. Yeah, exactly. She she did all the bakes for the like two hipster coffee shops on campus, and um, it was actually really fun to have her here because I would I would kind of do the Goodfellas thing of like going in the like the back way to the kitchen, and I'd I'd go through <laughs> all the kitchen hallways and like find her and chat her up for a couple minutes, and then uh, I got super chummy with all the like you know, kind of allegedly mean people that work at the kitchen, but they're actually all just pretty cool. And um, it was fun. It, it, it like, it scratched that, like, good fellas, I know people, you know, I don't have to wait in lines kind of itch for me, and it was fun. Now, what do you like better? The going in the back way mm-hmm. uh, through the kitchen in Goodfellas or going through the back way into the club in Swingers? And which one would you rather, Yeah, if you could walk a mile in one of their shoes... I think I think uh, well I love both of them. Let's just start with that. But I th- I think for me like you know the Goodfellas shot being the the original kind of canonical version of that. Um, it'll always it'll always be near and dear to my heart. So and it's such a classic scene, right? Because he he goes and picks her up, and then they pull up to the Copa, and you know he just rips off a couple of lines of dialogue like. I don't. I don't wait in lines. This way is faster, you know. And he palms like he's palming like twenties into people's hands. And yeah, yeah. He's like, "You two, don't you work?" You know. And um, yeah, a little has a little thing to say to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Which and, which Vince uh, does as well. Which uh, Trent Big T who yeah. knows how to talk yeah. does. But yeah, I mean, clearly they're they're ripping it off, and it's just a little bit sweeter and a little bit less. Uh, yeah, a little bit less of an edge. Well, dude, and then and then. You know, he finally gets through the kitchen, and they walk out into the front of the club in Goodfellas, and they like, in a in a very dramatic way, they like bring out the table for him and the tablecloth, and like the guy from a couple oh, tables yeah. over sends them a bottle of champagne, and like they do the whole salute thing, and I'm just like, man, shoot that into my veins. I could I could watch that scene like 
daily and never get tired of it. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, before we get to the other movie we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, there's a... <laughs> we were just watching uh, Suicide Kings the other okay. day. Yeah. Um, which is a pretty... I would say if you boiled down the uh, the 90s and poured them into like a, a movie mold, you'd have Suicide Kings. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. got Christopher Walken being scary. You've got Sean yeah. Patrick Flannery. Jeremy Sisto, um, okay. who had a minute there. Uh, Jay Moore. How do you feel about Jay Moore? Dude, it's so funny you mentioned Jay Moore because Maxim and I are working through this process of watching old Saturday Night Lives together. So we're watching Taxi, yeah. but we're we're kind of alternating that with like Saturday Night Lives, and we're in like 1992-93, and Jay Moore is on the cast, and it's like pre-Jerry Maguire Jay Moore. Yeah, and he's, he's not here to let you go. He's here to make you laugh. Exactly. He's like the sixth man off the bench on SNL, so he's getting into like one out of every eight sketches. And, and Yeah, he's just the waiter or something. Every time I see him, I'm like, oh, Jay Moore. It's a guy from Jerry <laughs> Maguire, you know, so... I would say I have a warm relationship with him. And I would say in 1996, when Jerry Maguire dropped, I thought he was going to have a five-year run as like a a blonde douche in a lot of movies. But he ended up not having much of a run. I was surprised. It was the opposite of Bradley Cooper, who had a similar role. And you're like, oh, he's just going to be the the blonde, handsome D-bag. And then he became you know, the king of Hollywood and Jay Moore deserved a way bigger run than he had. He had a uh, TV show after that called Gary Unmarried that lasted just like maybe two seasons. Yeah. It was very funny. He's, he's a really, really funny guy. He's, he's in the kind of, and you know, we made (laughs) maybe some new enemies with our Beatles, uh, Mm -hmm. our our Beatles commentary. Now be be Um, generous to Jay Moore with what you're about to say. Be generous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we do need to be generous with Jay Moore, but uh, maybe we don't need to be so generous with billionaire Beatles, but uh, uh, (laughs) he, (laughs) to risk uh, making some more enemies. Really, Jay Moore, in my mind, what drags him down is he falls into this like tier of of famous people that have latched themselves to Howard Stern and like trashy oh. stuff like that. Yeah, like, I think that's what, in my mind, like okay, if you're you're, you're not going to be an A lister if you're yeah. doing that. You Dude, know, I mean, granted, you could be the commander in chief if you're doing that, but you can't be an A lister. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're so right. And and every time I think of him being involved in stuff like that, like I, I immediately think of Jerry Maguire, which is a, like a canonical movie for me. I, I love it so much. And he's so good mm-hmm. in it. And he's more than just a villain, you know? And, and yeah, your experience while watching him in that was like, this guy's handsome. He does have dumb eyes. Um, but, I, but I saw some more <laughs> movies in him. And uh, the the career just hasn't been what we would have wanted it to be for Jay Moore. But it's funny, man. Now that now that we got this new infusion of cash for Silverdome, I'm thinking about casting because we want to shoot a couple epilogue scenes that we kind of use to get somebody else semi famous into the movie, just somebody else to put uh-huh. on a poster or whatever. And yeah. I'm kind of thinking about this wheelhouse of like people who aren't so famous that we couldn't actually get them and like jay moore kind of works like we could probably get a jay moore scene and um i don't know he's on a short list of like should have had a bigger career people that we could probably get for an epilogue for silverdome and i'm kind of intrigued by it 
he's got football movie cred already. Yeah. Uh, for being in one of the best of all time. Yeah. And so that that kind of clicks. Maybe you should uh, maybe you should go back and remove the the dumb eyes comment. You know, just in case he does a little background work on you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, I mean, I, I think. He's a funny enough guy. He'll he'll get that. And uh, Maxim and I are we're loving his work on SNL, and and he was really funny on there. And uh, yeah. Now let me ask you this about Jay Moore. You, yeah. you said uh, either last week or the week before that you thought there was a world in which uh, Gary Cole could have had a leading man, you know, a short run. Do you think Jay Moore could have had that, or do you think he's too smug and his face too kind of unlikable and punchable, where he has to be the heel in whatever he's in? Well, it's interesting you say that, okay, because, and I'm basing this on like an aggregate of six minutes of SNL sketch footage <laughs> where he doesn't always play the villain. You know what I mean? And, and like, sometimes he's like the dopey brother or sometimes he plays like, you know, Andrew McCarthy in some like celebrity sketch <laughs> or whatever. And he's, and he's kind of likable and he's kind of dopely likable. So I could have seen him. Let, let, I, let me come up with a perfect comp for him. The perfect like rom-com movie comp. Um, not Pullman. Uh, I don't know. He could have weirdly played the like the Matt Dillon role in singles. He could have been like the stoner rock star guy. Um, okay. He, he could have actually played the Steve Dunn role in singles. I don't know. I think there was a there was kind of a broader range of 90s outcomes for Jay Moore than what we actually saw. And, you know, he had that rare mix. And th this is actually rare in people. And actually, I, I want to talk about this, okay? Because Sandler, I know you're not a big Sandler guy, especially like early career Sandler. But he had Are you this. kidding me? I'm, I'm a huge Sandler guy, dude. I spent my entire teen years watching Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore on a loop. Dude, okay, so maybe I'm thinking of somebody else, dude, that you're not a big fan of. But I'm happy to hear that vis-a-vis -vis you and Sandler because watching these old SNLs, has really made me think about like you know they 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 put Sandler in a sketch like Opera Man or whatever and he's he's like scratching off a lottery ticket and he's singing in that dumb kind of child's voice that he has and they always put him in these sketches as like the goofy kind of dopey guy but my uh -huh. theory has always been if Sandler was like in your high school or if he was at Cornerstone or Taylor in 1996 he would have been the handsomest guy on campus he would have had the most charisma he would have pulled every girl. He was actually like a 98th percentile person, but just yeah. in the in the kind of universe of SNL, they were putting him in these like kind of dumb guy scenarios, which he crushed, right? And he made a career out of it right. for a decade. Well, and I mean, he invented Opera Man and Cajun Man, and and yeah. when you listen to his comedy specials, he does he does tend to like to to make a, a the butt of the joke himself. Yeah. But he's shown that he's got the comedic chops and the like romantic chops. I know you're not a big fan or any kind of fan at all of Punch Drunk Love, but I think he crushed that. Yeah. No, he had that good run kind of in the middle where he wasn't middle-aged yet, but he was just kind of like an older adult where he did some thoughtful movies like that. And I actually love his more recent work. And he, he did a basketball movie on Netflix where he plays like an agent or a scout. And it was full of pathos, and he was like a middle-aged husband trying to make that work. And he's awesome in that kind of thing, man. And like his his ceiling, I think, was higher than anybody imagined when he was doing like Billy Madison and stuff like that. Which those oh, are yeah. fun movies, right? Um, Dude, did you but, see Uncut Gems? 
Yeah, Uncut Gems was wild, dude. I didn't enjoy watching it, but I enjoyed his performance in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that was a tough one, dude. Yes, it, it was, was a very good tough. movie, but it was yeah. a one-timer. That's what that was. Yeah, absolutely a one-timer, but he was tremendous in it, you know. And even like the dumb rom-coms like that he's made with Aniston in the last like five years or whatever, where they're I don't yeah. know, they're like solving a murder in Hawaii or, or very something. fun. Yeah, they're yeah. fun, dude. They're they're just a fun ninety minutes. He's always had this like fun hang energy where there there was always this like um these apocryphal stories. Like I went to college with some guys in Wisconsin and there was always this one dude who was like, yeah, I was home with spring break and I was at UW Madison and like Sandler was at a party that I was at there. There was always like, like six degrees of Sandler vis-a-vis him being a fun (laughs) hang. And, um, you know, yeah, like he's, he's somebody that I think had a similar kind of run to what Jay Moore could have had if you play his career a hundred times, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, and Jay Moore wasn't cut out for SNL. He didn't have yeah. the. I mean, I saw. I, mean, I can think of him doing a few goofy things in in some of those sketches because um, yeah. that was a era that I liked. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, like he really does have an evil kind of. I don't care about you. I'm a wasp, and I'll use people vibe about him, even when he's doing press interviews. Yeah. Whereas Adam Sandler has the. I mean, the thing with Sandler is he's got the reputation by all accounts, for being the nicest guy in Hollywood. Yeah. But there's even uh, Tom Wilson, the guy who, who played Biff yeah. in uh, Back to the Future, has this song uh, in one of his stand-up routines. It's all the questions people ask him when they yeah. when they realize that he's Biff. And, and near the end, he says, uh, who's the nicest famous guy you know? Adam Sandler, who is the biggest jerk, Gary Busey. Uh-huh. Um, like, the idea that even if you're like kind of a second stringer, yeah. You know this guy is he's not going to talk down to you. He's not going to go find someone more important. He just has that like nice guy vibe, but then he yeah. also has that rage monster thing he can do. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I think a lot of times um the the people we watch and are entertained by are are people that we wish we could spend time with in real life. Not oh, always, I, but I totally agree. Dude, I've got a Sandler thing that I want to run by you and then I've I've got a a recasting thing vis-a-vis Jay Moore that I'll do first. Okay. My recasting thing is if you swap out almost any waspy douche in any 90s like New England boys boarding school movie with Jay Moore, it would have still worked. <laughs> like you could have you could have put him as school in school ties as like one of the yep. teammates. You could have put him, Yeah, you could have put him in Dead Poet Society as like one of the guys in the cave. It works, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Yes. He he almost is a like it like now he's probably like a fifty two year old New England affluent schoolboy. That's I mean that's that he'll be that until he as long as he's got that nineties hair. He's yeah. he's like the only blonde guy with really good nineties hair. Dude, you're so right. He had a tremendous head of nineties hair on him, and dude, he should have absolutely. Do you think he was reading for those boarding school movie roles? I've got to think he was reading for him. You know. I don't know. Do you think maybe he didn't discover that he could he could scan as, you know, a dramatic actor for for a while until he kind of yeah. puttered out in the SNL circuit and stuff? I think you're right, because, I mean, School Ties was like 1990. So Jay Moore was like not even on SNL at that point. So maybe acting was barely a glimmer in his eye. And then Dead Poet Society was I don't remember when early 90s sometime. Um, I could have seen him in the like in the group of friends in Goodwill Hunting. Uh, I don't know who I replaced with him because I love everybody in the friend group. So um, I'm, I'm not swapping him out for anybody. But I, th- I think if you're recasting some of those boarding school movies, he 
he has that kind of run. So here's here's my like oddly specific Sandler deep cut that I love. Um, so we're watching these old SNLs, and there's the <laughs> there's the sketch called the Hurley He Boy. Do you remember this? Yes. Let my boy be your dog for the Let love him work. of God. He's a good boy. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of every one of them, Farley goes, just. Uh, uh. <laughs> and then and then Sandler, one thing I love about Sandler, I love all the all the actors yeah. um, on anything, but especially on SNL and anything sketch related who, who almost break a lot. Yeah. Like that's what I love about Jimmy Fallon is he's never he's always on the verge of falling apart. And yeah. that makes it more fun. You feel like you're in on the joke. Yeah. Dude, I love the Hurley He Boy thing. I think even a little bit better than I love. Like, everybody loves Farley for, like, Matt Foley, and he's doing the big, like, I'm falling through a table thing. But, like, the Hurley He Boy is so subtle, and it's Farley <laughs> in, like, a cardigan, and, like, Farley's haircut is great. It's, like, a great 90s, like, suburban dad haircut. And, and Sandler's just standing there with, like, his hands jammed into his pockets with, like... A little bit of like '90s like highlights in his hair, and it's so funny, dude. Um, like they were really hitting on all cylinders with some of that stuff in that era, and like the cast was really strong, dude. I want to talk about a girl on that cast who hasn't gone on to do anything, but every time I see her in a sketch, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like the funniest girl. And if she was at our college, she would be like legendary for being funny. Um, her name was Melanie Hutzel. Does this like Melanie Hutzel? Yeah, that's that's the lady who does all the uh, um, Monica Sellis opening a pop and everything. Yeah, Wasai! yeah. <laughs> and she was one of the um, uh, Delta 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 girls. Yeah, yeah. Whenever she was in a sketch, I loved it, dude. And she would sometimes like <laughs> she would sometimes show up in a sketch as like somebody's boyfriend, and she would just be like, I don't know, holding onto the arm of this guy, like making, uh, you know admiring like faces at the dude whenever he said something and it was just like this this girl's hilarious like she should have gotten two or three 90 minute forgettable movies in the 90s i don't know why that didn't happen you know yeah the the fact that julia sweeney went further than her is uh yeah. probably a bit of a travesty it's crazy i mean it's crazy and and maybe it's just like funny is in the eye of the beholder and like you and i just think she's funny and maybe the the general public didn't but uh yeah, I enjoyed her work, and I actually looked up her IMDb. She's from somewhere in Tennessee, so um, you know she may she may be listening to the program. But uh, that's probably somebody we could get for Silverdome. Um, not exactly a comedic <laughs> movie, but um, you know. Well, uh, you know, you need a funny turn somewhere. Need a funny turn somewhere, dude. Anything else <laughs> on Jay Moore or Sandler or like nineties? Yeah, SNL the reason thing? I brought this all up was uh, we were watching uh, the nineties classic. Suicide Kings, which is one of the first DVDs that I loaned you, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if you really liked it or not. I remember you you had kind of a a not tepid, but kind of a grain of salt with your you know comments as you returned it. Yeah. Um, you remember you remember it? They kidnap uh, a mob boss in order to like force him to fix the kidnapping of their one of their sisters and one of their girlfriends. It's one girl. Uh, you remember this, dude? I remember nothing about it. I and I I don't even I don't even know if we finished it. And it's it's weird for us because there's like a a sliver of our Venn diagrams where like you love stuff that I hate and we're actually going <laughs> to get into it. Versa, yeah. Or, and, and we're actually going to get into that later, but um but yeah, I don't know. That that may have been one that maybe I didn't hate it, but I was just kind of like, you know, uh tepid on it. But yeah, go on. 
I, I feel like you should give it another shot. It's one of these movies okay. that feels like it could be a play. Yeah, because of the way that it's uh, the the dialogue and the setting is all you know, kind of a bottle episode with yeah. a few you know flashbacks. It's got a great cast, very nineties. Um, but when we watched that later on, Aaron and I went outside. We were doing our uh, standard uh, have a smoke and watch uh, a show. At the moment, it's justified. Yeah, uh, and I was like, you know, there is a movie that has both Jay Moore, who plays perhaps the the purest. Of all of his douche characters in mm. Suicide Kings. Uh, he's just insufferable. Yeah. There's, there's a movie that has both Jay Moore and Timothy Oliphant, uh, whom I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my wife's like, what is it? And I'm like, you've seen it in the 90s with me. It's called Go. And we brought up the uh, trailer on YouTube. And I was immediately like, I know it's 11 p.m., but I want to watch this right now. And we had to, <laughs> you know, she had to talk me down because we had to get Calvin to school the next morning and stuff. But like, yeah. it was absolutely bonkers. Mm-hmm. It's by, it, it kept saying, it said three times in the trailer, from the director of Swingers, yeah. Doug Lyman. It's the <laughs> next movie he did after Swingers. And um, it's it's got early Melissa McCarthy. It's got Tay Diggs. It's got, uh, so it's got, uh, Jay Moore and Scott Wolf, that guy from Party of Five. It's got William Fickner. I don't know if you remember him. He was all over in the '90s. Yeah, and it is like one of these. No, I'm I'm not actually Tarantino. And if you ask me about it, I'll have a good answer as to who my real influences are. Not Tarantino. Maybe some of the people who influenced Tarantino also influenced me. But like, it's just such a ripoff of like Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and. It's so eminently likable. I have, I remember it having some kind of blue, uh, rather gratuitous stuff in it that yeah. didn't need to be there. But I also remember it being fun. I had what's her? Who, who's that? That uh, like chipmunk cheek chick from uh, from Dawson's Creek? Oh yeah, dude. Um, oh, I know exactly I, who you're talking about. You know who I mean? Uh, yeah. She married Tom Cruise for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh. It's got her. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting old, man. We can't. We can't remember. Although I was telling Calvin this morning, it's been years since I've been able to actually distinguish and keep straight the names of all of the like leading ladies that are all interchangeable. Yeah, um, Katie Holmes is know. the girl we're trying to think of. Katie Holmes, yes, yeah. I yeah. was kind of like Katie Holmes. She had yeah. kind of a, a innocence about her that that stood in stark contrast to like a Megan Fox. Like, yeah, that's like, right. I don't think Katie Holmes would have been on the cover of Maxim. I don't think. You know, yeah, that's right. But who knows. So anyway, that's not a movie you've seen. Maybe it's a movie you and I should watch together. Ooh, interesting. I'd be up for it. 90s stuff, drug stuff, yeah. like weird rave scenes with like, uh, you know, odd things happening camera wise. I don't know. Just just the sort of thing that in the 90s yeah. felt very, very fresh and like it could never be stale. And then yeah. you go back and watch it again and you're like, <laughs> this is like a box of Triscuits that's been left over for 30 years. Just yeah. wide open. Yeah. Dude, that's so funny. Um, can I, can I ask you an oddly specific question kind of related to this? Um, I'll allow it. I think I had a weird relationship with like how movies handled drug stuff in the nineties. Cause like I was never a drug guy and I know you weren't either. Like not even a little bit. And so I mean, not until recently. (laughs) I'm thinking of movies like train spotting. Right, which was a big oh, '90s yeah. thing. That was, a, you know, if if you were a certain kind of like thoughtful, cool, arty person, you were like required to like train spotting and. I wanted super... to like it so bad. Yeah, I'm wanting to like it so bad, and then I'm watching these like uh, 
completely sort of uh, depraved like drug scenes that were supposed to be cool and i'm like i don't know if it's because i'm sensitive and evangelical and like sheltered but like i hate this you know um like seeing some guy hanging over a gross toilet because he's like um uh, i don't know like high and disoriented and doesn't know where he is like i it, it kind of nothing can redeem this you know and in, in train spotting, he actually climbs down into the toilet. That's I remember sort of like this. how he yeah. sees it happening. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. And I remember like film people and cool people being all like, oh, you know, that scene in train spotting where he climbs into the toilet. And I remember thinking and not saying this Ready. out loud. Like, I, I just remember thinking, I don't want to see a guy climb into a toilet, you know? <laughs> like, no part At of me. At least train spotting didn't glorify it, though. Like, I feel like Pulp yeah. Fiction sort of glorified the drug use. I like, agree. Even yeah. when she almost dies, it's like she comes back out of it, like, oh, what a trip. What a what an amazing experience that was. Yeah. And train spotting, like, not only does the guy climb into the toilet, you know, kind of symbolizing where his life is right now. Sure. Uh, and it's the dirtiest toilet in all of Scotland. Yeah. But he also, there's a scene, I don't think it's the same guy, but it, there's a scene where a guy gets off of heroin. Yeah. And it involves like a bucket to poop in, and it's just mm. a hideous, gross thing. And then yeah. there's a scene where a guy, I think, either having recently got off or back on, like brings he's like staying at someone's house, and he brings his bedding out, and like it's full of his poop. Like there's oh. a lot of poop things. I know, and it dude. Makes you realize how crappy life with drugs would be. Yeah. No, I know. And and I, in that, I guess I appreciate train spotting. You know, I'm glad they didn't put like a a false veneer on it, but, but yet there's still like a, a 0% chance that I want to watch it, you know? Right. And yeah. I would never watch it again. There's a, there's a sequel by the way. It came out just a few years ago. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know. And I like Scotland and stuff. Right. So like I, I usually, I'm a big locations guy in movies. I usually enjoy just like traveling to someplace via a movie, but yeah, like not even, Scotland can kind of redeem that for me, but uh, <laughs> well, in Go, it's a drug dealing, yeah, which I think is another thing altogether, and I don't think it, I don't think it glorifies it. I think you would, I think you would not like the movie, but I think we'd have a fun time talking about it, dude. So let's, yeah, let's do it. Maybe over Christmas break, it becomes like one of these things where we meet up via Skype and we and we watch the movie together, we tape some content, you know, we do like a It sounded like track. maybe during Christmas break we're not going to be in the same room together, huh? Well, the thing of it is, I, I was talking with KK about it and I've just got like between graduation and like, you know, small group and there's there's a few things that I'm committed to like leading like spaced out just enough up until Christmas that I don't know if I can make it work before Christmas. Um, we could look at after Christmas. Here's, here's something. And, uh, I'm, I'm walking a very thin line here because there's a, a world in which somebody who I don't want to hear what I'm about to say could hear it, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> oh, no, There's a thing happening in April that I need to get out of and I need to be able to say no to it. And I know April's a long time in the future, and it's probably longer than we want to wait for a visit. But like, if I could sell the idea of I'm flying up to Michigan to meet with my business partner and to do like a collaborative screenwriting project, then I have to be gone for it. It would that would be awesome for me. And KK is totally on board with me getting out of that using that excuse. So that's something we could talk about. But, it's not um, anyone who gives us four or eight dollars a month, is it? <laughs> no, no, I, no, it isn't. It it would upset somebody who's like a part of this event that I've always kind of hosted, 
but every year they keep making the event less and less palatable for me to host and so much so that like even KK now agrees that it's time for me to not do it and there's an honorable way for me to not do it where I could just say you know you've made this less and less palatable for me to do year after year and I'm going to just be honest with you and say I don't want to do it but then there's the 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 option the way you're I, going to the yeah. way I'm going to do it which is I'm going to engineer a reason to be out of town during the thing um, so I've just talked about <laughs> so, my whole process vis-a-vis getting out of this event in hopes that nobody associated with it is listening. So that's the gamble. T- tell me what it is and I'll bleep it out. It's th- that's where I'm at. If we do work out something for like between Christmas and New Year's or wh- yeah. when does school reconvene? School starts on the 9th. Okay. Well, it's possible I could, Aaron and I could make our way down there in April and then you wouldn't be out of town, but you could say, I've got guests from out of town. They're only here for a couple of days. We yeah. Really and have then, to spend and you and I could do the whole thing where we're like, you know, we're going to the coffee shop to work for hours on end yeah. on the script or whatever. Or the smoke I, room. Yeah. Going to the smoke Arnold room Clark, or whatever. And we, and we still kind of use it as like a writing retreat. Dude, I would, I would be down for a, a you guys visit in April for sure. Um, so would we, because April's still not nice here. Yeah, April's grim up there, and it's gotten really nice down here. You're going to see sunshine and like blooming things, and um, I'll have my 1975 car by then. We can rip around in that, dude. Yeah, we'll figure it out, dude. Let's let's keep that idea in play too. But um, Zach, do we want to wrap the real up and do like 10 minutes on Mission Impossible for the Patreon, or do we just want to? Uh, all right. Do we just yeah, want to no, do let's that? Let's do it. Yeah, Mission Impossible, which is where we've been headed this whole time. Yeah, you heard the preamble. Shell out four or eight bucks, and you're oh, that's <laughs> you're going to hear me and Ted debate and disagree. That's right. It's going to be a spirited like debate uh, about a movie that we are a rare bit of disagreement between the two of us. Um, and it's going to be it's going to be hurtful and petty and very personal. That's right, dude. Zach, we've done what we anyway. we've done what we always do on this program in that we've come into it completely without a topic. And done almost 40 minutes of content regardless. On Jay Moore. Uh, on, on Jay Moore, who we really do both like. Who does the best walk-in impression of any other celebrity in the world. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Jay Moore, Melanie Hutzel, Adam Sandler, if you're listening, we, we appreciate all of your work. Hutzel family. Yeah, yeah, Hutzel family. Zach, we're going we're gonna to wrap this and do a Patreon, and we will see you... <laughs> Next Longer time. than usual. <laughs> then pay phone at your best friend's wedding. Call me in the middle of the night. Said, baby, we know where this is heading. Let's make a run for it and get lost in the